0: Welcome to Podland, Podland sponsored by Buzzsprout, the easiest way to host, promote and track your podcast there at buzzsprout.com. It's Thursday, April the 29th, 2021. I'm James Cridland, the editor of podnews.net here in Australia. Hello,
1: I'm Sam Sethi, the editor of Sam Talks Technology here in the UK.
0: Hey Sam, Podland's a weekly podcast where Sam and I delve deeper into the week's podcast news. Gosh, it's been a week. It's been (laughs) just so busy.
1: So, like London buses, you wait years for a subscription service to turn up, uh, and two come along at once, James.
0: Brilliant. That's what you need. Yes, uh, it was Spotify's now. turn, wasn't it?
1: It was, indeed. Spotify's announced their paid subscription service, which is hosted on Anchor. NPR is a launch partner, and unlike Apple, who will take 30% of your subscription revenue, Spotify say they won't charge you until 2023, after which it's 5%. Come on, James. You've had a play with this Spotify subscription service. What's your thoughts?
0: Yes, I've had a look at it. I haven't had a play with it because you can't have a play with it because that's one of the things. Apple's podcast subscriptions is available in 170 countries and territories i um, not quite sure why they have to say that, but they do. So there we are. Whereas Spotify is not even available in the US yet, but that's basically where it'll be available from the get-go. So it's not available here in Australia. It's not available for you in the old country. It's not available anywhere. But the first thing is the price. It's not free. Spotify say that podcast creators will keep 100% asterisk of the money, <laughs> and then when you <laughs> always have, love it, yeah. And then when you when you follow the asterisk down to the bottom of the page, the asterisk is processing fees still apply. So that's payment fees for your credit card or for that sort of thing. Now, I don't know how much Spotify are going to charge for that. Stripe charge in the US two point nine percent plus thirty cents. So my expectation would be that Spotify's pricing would be similar to that. Who knows, it could be a little bit more. Whereas Apple's fees do include payment processing. So that's one thing which is different. US only, not even available to everybody in the US. There's a wait list that you can join. And so there we are. But the other thing which I saw was really interesting about where you can, the big difference between Apple and Spotify is that you can't actually buy a paid subscription to your podcast in Spotify. Why's that? If they were going to do that, then Apple and Google would want up to 30% of the money, which is a thing that Apple and Google do, because that's how they make their money out of the app stores. So instead, if your listener presses the button to subscribe, they get thrown into a website on Anchor. And then they are asked to enter their credit card details because presumably they can't share the same credit card details as uh, Spotify uses. And in any case, quite a lot of people buy Spotify on a voucher system anyway. So that's going to be quite a different experience than the Apple experience, which will be just like buying an app. You'll press a button, it'll possibly ask you for your password or ask you to squint into a camera or something. And that's basically that for Apple. For Spotify, it's going to be rather a lot more complicated. So I think that's an interesting one isn't
1: it i think we highlighted a few weeks back that apples was going to be a seamless process because they've got apple pay and how were spotify going to actually increase your subscription which strangely they are increasing subscription costs anyway mm. uh, across europe and but does this open up the fact that i think spotify need to go on a little acquisition hunt maybe uh knock on the door of jack and see if he doesn't want square anymore or, or one of the other providers because uh, i think stripes too expensive for them but They need to go and find their own payment mechanism, maybe even come out, dare I say it, of Google and Apple's stores because I don't think it's beneficial to them anymore.
0: They have obviously made, they made a complaint a couple of years ago to the European Union and the European Union are the people who are taking this quite seriously. There's currently a commission investigation on app stores with both Apple and Google. So that's going to be interesting to watch. But I guess the one positive side of being thrown out to a website to purchase the podcast is that you don't have to listen in the Spotify app. So if you don't want to listen in Spotify, but you'd rather listen in Pocket Casts or in Castro or even in Google Podcasts, then you can because it works in a very similar way to Supercast or to Patreon or to supporting cast or any of these other services where they will also give you a private RSS feed which will work in any podcast app apart from Spotify because Spotify doesn't deal with RSS feeds <laughs> but thankfully Anchor obviously are going to give you access in uh, Spotify as well. So that's really interesting. So Apple obviously you're stuck in using Apple's hardware whereas if you buy a paid Podcast subscription through anchor you can listen on anything you like as long as it understands RSS feeds. So that's <laughs> interesting
1: And the irony being that you could actually use that private RSS feed in Apple
0: podcasts uh, Yes, indeed and The reason why I'm sounding a little bit frazzled this afternoon is that I have been spending a long time looking At the traffic that the new Apple podcasts app is sending through the internet and trying to understand whether Apple have changed rather more than um, I thought they have. And the quick answer is yes, they've changed an awful lot. I should have a look and see what happens if you add a private RSS feed into the system and see what happens there. The open access platform. That's another thing which is even weirder. So if you want to, and this again is something that Apple won't be doing. If you want to, maybe you are a subscriber to, I don't know, Wired Magazine. So you've got a relationship with Wired Magazine, you've paid them some money, and one of the things that Wired Magazine promises you is access to their own podcast. Spotify could give you the access to the Wired exclusive podcast through Wired's websites, but Spotify would actually deal with all of the techie stuff under the hood. So that's what their open access platform is about. It's Ah. basically enabling other websites to handle the billing and the login, but uh, keep it all in the Spotify stroke anchor system, which again is a really interesting, I think quite niche, but a really interesting feature that they're currently working on. It'll be interesting seeing how they do that. And this is quite some way off, I would have thought. But
1: from what I can read here, it says it's not supporting private RSS feeds or any other arbitrary RSS feeds. It's supporting OAuth, So it's that crossover handle and repeat back.
0: Yes, I think OAuth is for the open access platform, whereas separately they're doing this private RSS feed. And I think this is one of the things that I've been struggling with over the last week or so. There is so much information. It is so complicated. And particularly looking at uh, all of the nitty gritty, as I like to do, because I think that's where you find the real stories. My goodness, there's a lot of information.
1: If you take some of the marketing spin, which I love dissecting, Spotify says it will help creators retain direct control over the relationship, which is what this is all about, supposedly, with the open platform and with the ability to make your payments elsewhere. But I think it's also a dig at Apple the fact that you can't get your email out of Apple from your subscribers but guess what Spotify will allow you to get that if you already have another subscription list and it's also that little dig at the beginning I know we talked about the asterisk but we won't charge you for two years type thing Mm. uh, and we you will have a hundred percent it's all these little snide digs Apple's charging heavily we're not and at the same time it can take control of your users and emails and subscribers so is it open V closed or Spotify trying to claim they're the open platform heavens
0: <laughs> help us if they <laughs> help us if they are doing that Good Lord I think Spotify is trying to pretend to be more open here and I think to a degree they are you can host your podcast on anchor and it's playable everywhere you can monetize through megaphone and that's available everywhere and Spotify yes it has its own player which can do other things as well. And they've basically said in the past that RSS is all nice and good and everything, but actually we'd like to do some other things as well, which RSS can't do. But I think you're right that actually there is a bit of a play here from Spotify to be a little bit more open, and to recognise that people consume podcasts through lots of different places. The new financial results came out from Spotify overnight for me, and they are back in profit. The figures are all good, but only 25% of users of Spotify are using the app for podcasts. Now, only 25% sounds low. 89 million people a month sounds a little bit better. But nevertheless, yeah. you can see that they are hungry for more than just 89 million people. And so the fact that they have um, Anchor as a consumer podcast host, Megaphone as a enterprise podcast host, the fact that they are wanting to monetize all of that stuff is really interesting and exciting, I think.
1: In that report as well, uh, they're claiming that spotify had 2.6 million podcasts on the platform up from more than 2.2 million podcasts at the end of 2020 so they're showing growth and daniel x said that the music and podcast paid audio business has room for for five to seven times growth from their current position so they really are saying that they think that the paid podcast and audio business is the way they're going to go forward
0: it, it's interesting. I think somewhere in the region of 90%, 95% of their revenue is still not coming from advertising. So it is coming from paid-for stuff. And you can see that Daniel Eck would be very keen to see a little bit more of that. In bad news, apparently the Joe Rogan experience is doing very well. Wow. Uh, so
1: there's no doing very for t- well until last week.
0: So there's uh, no accounting uh, for taste, is there? No.
1: But I think he, he's going to get his, his wrist slapped again. Or maybe it's just PR, because he was saying that young people in America shouldn't take the vaccine.
0: Yes, yes, he's, a, he's an idiot. A rich idiot, though. <laughs> a rich idiot. No, you're absolutely right. Renegades Born in the USA was the number two show with Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. But interestingly, they also say that was the most popular internationally, which leads me to suspect that perhaps Joe Rogan does best in the US and that he doesn't do as well as we might think outside of the US. Thank heavens.
1: Sorry, you're telling me that Americans travelling abroad don't do very well.
0: I'm saying that Joe Rogan particularly (laughs) doesn't do very well. Nobody's travelling abroad at the moment, so there is always that. Now,
1: one thing that I did pick out in that report was that Morgan Stanley put out a client note saying that Spotify was overweight. Which apparently is a good thing. (laughs) It's a good thing, (laughs) yes. They're saying that it's currently trading at $298 and that it's going to go up to $350 in the next 12 months. So they're very bullish on Spotify.
0: I was sent their client notes by a friend of mine who said Morgan Stanley is quite realistic in terms of this kind of stuff. I think it's really interesting.
1: So I guess my question to you is Spotify can't remain as a standalone company. In my humble opinion, I have long said that either Netflix will buy Spotify, because they have to then do something Netflix mm. are struggling they're flatlining in their subscriber numbers they are and if you look at Apple Amazon as their main competitors they've both got what they call the triple play they've got films TV and music and podcasting if you want to add that into it as a fourth category it seems an obvious synergy to stick Netflix with Spotify do you think anyone will buy Spotify or would you think they can grow on their own
0: Daniel Eck is very bullish certainly in the book that I read about Spotify's history which in a previous Podland and we interviewed the editor in a previous Podland, Daniel Eck was very keen that basically Spotify would continue to be an independent company owned by nobody. But I wonder how realistic that is. As you say, Apple is very much all of those things, TV and audio. So is Google, so is Amazon. So it's going to be difficult to see Spotify compete just doing audio but perhaps they will do in the future i don't know i think the obvious is netflix to go away and buy them i don't know whether you know much more about that bit
1: it seems that if you have a look at the board of netflix and you have a look at the board of spotify there's quite a synergy between the two in terms of ex-cfos and investors I did talk to somebody who was in the early days at Spotify who did one of the early deals, which we're going to talk about later, the Facebook deal, and he did say, just watch this space. He certainly is very thoughtful on the fact that he does think that Spotify will not stay standalone, and he does think that they will eventually sell to. Now, will they sell to Netflix or will they sell to Facebook? That's a, a to throw a fly in the ointment because of this week's deal that Facebook started to do with Spotify.
0: You're right. So Facebook is to add a podcast player in its app powered by Spotify. One of the things that I thought was interesting there is that it's being rolled out to 27 markets and none of those are in Europe. Anybody would think that the Europeans have a higher degree of privacy law than anybody else on the planet.
1: Does that mean now we're not European here in the UK that we can get it?
0: I know you are still subject to all of the European laws until you decide to revoke them all you crazy British people so you still have GDPR is still part of UK law and the GDPR I I would assume because it's not being rolled out to any European markets this new podcast player within the Facebook app I would presume that part of that is a GDPR concern because otherwise why would you hold it back you know give it to Australia and New Zealand but don't give it to the UK or Germany (laughs) (laughs) seems a strange choice but so that is in the facebook app now what i've discovered is that it seems to work for some of my friends using their fruit-based mobile phones Um, using proper (laughs) robot-based mobile phones as i do it doesn't work very well it plays the first 30 seconds of a podcast or a, a clip of music, and then stops. Whereas people on Apple phones are seeing a consent page, which basically allows Facebook to link your Spotify account up, and then everything all kind of works. So I'm not quite sure that it's rolled out entirely properly yet, but quite interesting and exciting, though, if that's the case.
1: Verge are reporting that the current way it's integrated is just temporary and that facebook are working on building a proper podcast player for the app
0: some of the screenshots of facebook's announcement had a facebook page for a business and there are lots of these different tabs in a facebook page and there was a tab called podcast and in there you could see individual episodes and everything else so you can see that is quite canny because that does two things firstly It means that individual podcasters or brands will be adding their RSS feeds directly into the Facebook website on this new tab in their Facebook page. So that's quite clever because that, I think, helps Facebook with the real reason that they have just done this uh, Spotify deal, and that's that Spotify obviously have... 2.6 million podcasts in their app, whereas Facebook have zero. And you don't make a compelling podcast app by having zero podcasts to listen to. So perhaps that's a start to actually get us used to consuming audio within the app, so that then we can start properly adding our RSS feeds into the Facebook app.
1: Again, the the Facebook and spotify deal isn't new spotify has had a deal with facebook in the past if you use your spotify app or on your desktop certainly you can connect your spotify account to your facebook account and see which of your social graph friends are listening to what music and I i guess who's the winner in this deal james is it spotify or facebook
0: i mean i guess for now it's probably spotify I think you and I were both chatting to somebody about this and apparently Spotify spent over a year negotiating the rights for distribution on Facebook, Mm -hmm. which to me is astonishing um, because it's basically a link. But I can understand that the record companies are very worried and concerned, but I think it's a tremendous um, opportunity for Spotify because at the moment, the only way that you can really share stuff is by going into the Spotify app and doing a search in Spotify and finding stuff for you to then go and and share. So right now, I think it's a great opportunity for Spotify to convert more people and to encourage more trial. In the future, though, once Facebook builds their own tool, for podcasts at least, if not for music, then again, all bits are off, I think.
1: One of the interesting things, this person, obviously we can't say who, a source, said that Facebook could also make subscription payments for customers acquired through this channel available through the Facebook wallet. So going back to that Spotify allowing you to have your payments elsewhere, it could be a way that Facebook take the payment for listening to podcasts on your Facebook site.
0: I think it's clever. And I, I wonder how much of it is Facebook wanting to encourage use of their virtual cash, Facebook stars, but also Facebook just wanting more credit card information, wanting more people to be using the financial side of it. Because currently, I mean, I haven't given Facebook my... My credit card information, I'm not sure that you would have done either, because we're both sensible people. <coughs> uh, exactly.
1: Giving <laughs> Mr. Zuckerberg my credit card. Oh, well, there goes my bank account.
0: So it's, you know, interesting to see what's going on with Facebook and what that future is going to be like, particularly if they put it in properly. I guess on the other side, you've also got other companies who are really interested and excited about this world. Sirius XM, which owns AdsWiz and Simplecast and has just bought some somebody else who we'll get onto in a minute. They also own Stitcher and AdsWiz. They've seen revenue going up an awful lot. Pandora, which they also own appears to be going down. But I quite liked this uh, quote, which I'll play, from Jennifer Witz, who is the SiriusXM CEO. She was speaking in SiriusXM's earnings call yesterday, and she's not entirely sold on subscriptions. We are really well-positioned to offer subscription products. Either we have subscription products across our brands today, including at Stisher, where for some time we've had a premium podcast subscription in market which does provide capabilities for listeners to listen to podcasts ad-free, to get early windows, and to have
1: premium exclusive content. So we can be nimble. If that's you know really where the market
0: heads and consumers want to go, we certainly have the opportunities to monetize and help content creators monetize through subscription. I'm not optimistic that consumers are going to want to have a lot of micro audio subscriptions. But again, if that's the path that we see evolving we have the opportunity to pursue that as well so i think what she's basically saying there is i don't think that anybody really wants this but stitcher is in a great place to be able to offer that if it turns out that people do actually want that i don't know what your thoughts are on that uh, sam I, i i think
1: people do want it as i said a couple of weeks back there's a flight to quality and i think people are beginning to get ad sick they don't really want to be bombarded with ads And I think if you have an alternative way of making a payment, and it's a micro payment that helps you A, support the creator, B, remove the ads. I think people are going to try it. And and if it works, you know, you have that subscription failure to remember where you subscribe to anything. I think people are going to subscribe to lots of podcasts and then forget and then look at their bank statements going, what's that 199 for again? Yes. And then go, oh, I can't be bothered to find it.
0: Oh, um, I completely agree. And and if Apple are clever, then what Apple will do is they will bundle them all together anyway. And so you won't actually know too much about what, what it is that you're actually yeah. spending this money on.
1: I've got a question for you, James, now. Given what you now know about the pricing of the subscription services and given what you know about the availability in terms of rollout, where would you put your podcast now if you were a new podcaster or you were an existing podcast? Would you say, no, I'm going to put myself exclusively on Apple and I'm just going to make it so simple to use Apple Pay Or I'm going to start with Anchor and I'm going to put it on Spotify and I'm going to have the jumping from website to website. But actually, eventually I'll get a subscription. Where would you recommend people go to?
0: I don't think that I need to recommend that because I think you can do both. So, as long as you are selling a subscription to a podcast, not a channel it is a group of podcasts which you can sell a subscription to in Apple Podcasts, but not in Spotify. So, if you're going to look at a specific show subscription, then firstly, I'd say most podcasters would be well advised to not. Charge for their podcast, number one. But if you really want to charge for your podcast, you can be on both because Apple doesn't have an exclusivity clause. The only thing that Apple wants is parity of pricing. So you can already see this with Luminary, which is selling sponsorship in their own app, but they're also selling sponsorship to the same shows in Apple Podcasts for the same price. If you can basically say you can subscribe to an ad free version of Podland, which this is basically you can subscribe to an ad free version of Podland for $3.99 a month in Spotify and Apple, then that's great. And you can be in both. So that's certainly what I believe to be the case. Apple definitely doesn't have an exclusivity clause. I'm asking Spotify what the deal is there, but my suspicion is that they won't have an exclusivity clause either because we already know that NPR is going to make its uh, podcasts available for subscription ad-free in both. So my suspicion is go for both. If you really want to spend money on a subscription, if if you really want your audience to buy a subscription to your podcast, which is a questionable thing anyway, be on both Spotify and on Apple. The only annoying thing is that you'll have to upload your podcast at least twice, once to Anchor, because the Spotify thing only works with Anchor and once to Apple directly because uh, the Apple thing only works with their own host. That's the only annoying thing, but I would be there on both.
1: The one thing I did see was Ben Thompson on Stratechery uh, mm. was doing an analysis of first year, second year, because obviously Spotify's charges will change and Apple's will change in the second year. And they were similar in price, but I guess we'll see whether the 30% Apple tax will remain, will have a big swing factor on whether you stay there. Because you have to sell a lot more podcasts in order to get the same output of revenue.
0: You have to sell a quarter more podcasts to basically get the same amount of cash with Apple. But on the other hand, it's so much easier to buy in Apple. Uh, I do come at this and think there's actually no reason necessarily why you wouldn't make considerably more money with Apple, even if they are charging 30%. And remember that 30% includes the payment fee. It includes all of the customer service and everything else that you would otherwise have to do for yourself. And so I know that lots of people are jumping up and down going 30%. How dare they? I I think it's probably fine, to be honest.
1: I guess the market will decide. We'll see what happens in a few years' time.
0: So moving on from the subscriptions, uh, Riverside FM, a friend of Podland, has announced a bundle of additional funding, haven't they, Sam?
1: Indeed, they announced a further 9.5 million, and the company's also debuted its a magic editor feature to automate recording, editing, and uploading. Now we do like Riverside FM here. What's this magic editor though? Sounds very buzz sprouty to me.
0: We had Nadav on a couple of weeks ago on this very podcast, and essentially there's a lot of cleverness in terms of noise reduction, in terms of making sure that everybody sounds the same voice volume. For video, it will automatically edit the correct image onto the screen. So when I'm talking, for example, it would just have me. When you're talking, Sam, it would just have you. And it would do all of the camera switching automatically. So there's a bunch of stuff that they're busy working on. I have to say... Nine and a half million is going to be difficult for them to get through. Sponsorship is available, but I'm busy sitting there going, that's a lot of money. If you look under the hood as well, interestingly, what Riverside does is it is to a degree selling another company's software in much the same way that Clubhouse is. So Clubhouse's uh, stuff is actually a different company under the hood. Whereas companies like uh, CleanFeed, which we're actually using today, CleanFeed have their own hardware in all kinds of different locations around the world to make this work. So perhaps it it is literally just that 9.5 million they actually need to help pay their suppliers and everything else. I don't know.
1: Again, I think it's probably another acquisition down the road for somebody.
0: Sure. For somebody like Zoom, that might be useful, but certainly for a large podcast host, that would be useful too. Alitu, for example, this week added a a remote recording tool as well. So if you make your podcast on the Alitu platform, then you can use their remote recorder, have the interview, and then that will automatically dump the audio files from that into your episode editor. So you can go ahead and start editing them, which is very clever. And you can possibly see that a podcast host would be interested in doing that kind of a deal in the future
1: now i I thought we'd drop in riverside there before we get you on your soapbox because the next story is about the apple geddon the absolute mess that is created by apple podcast connect i'm going to be quiet for probably listeners for the next 10 minutes while james (laughs) tells you
0: Look, I really like what Apple have done with podcast subscriptions. I think that is a very brilliantly, cleverly thought out thing. And I think they've completely listened to their audience of podcast creators. Clearly, Jake Shapiro has been involved with that, who's a bright man, is working for Apple now. I think Apple podcast subscriptions is a really cleverly, well thought out product. Apple Podcasts Connect, though, is their new replacement for iTunes Connect, and it's just been a week of not working. So Evoterra, poor Evoterra, spent seven days without access to any of the tools. So this is the tool that you use if you're going to submit a podcast into Apple. And if you're a podcast producer as Evo is, to withhold access to somebody like that for seven days or Paul Colligan or any of these other podcast producers, that's a bad thing. And particularly not to say anything publicly, not to even acknowledge the problem. Is a concern. There's a fascinating thing. It used to say when you went into this system, we're just transferring your account over. This may take up to two hours, I think it said. And they've recently updated that page. So now it says this may take up to a day. So there's clearly something going on there. The good news is I can exclusively report that Evo is in. Evo has finally managed to get access. Now, there is one interesting thing which kind of ties us back to Spotify earlier, which is that there's another way into the Apple Podcasts system, and that's something called iTunes Site Manager. Now, most people have never heard of iTunes Site Manager, but if you work at the BBC or at NPR or at large podcast producers then iTunes site manager is the thing that you use to put podcasts into the system. It bypasses some of the approval process, but it's the way that you get your shows into Apple. I think it's also the way that Anchor uses to automatically get shows into Apple podcasts as well. That is also going away. That's going away at the end of May they've just said. We'll see what that means for people like NPR and the BBC. But that also probably means that Anchor, you may have to fall back to registering your own Apple ID and all of the usual pain that the rest of us have to go through if you use Anchor in the future. That's going to be interesting to have a look at. I just think it's been terribly badly managed i've contacted apple and i said there are clearly so many problems with it if you've got a statement at the very least a statement that just says we're aware we know we're working on it would be at least helpful but no statement i believe the phrase i have to say is we were not supplied with a statement
1: i think saying things like we've been having issues with the crawler Hoping to have it resolved today. Hoping to have it resolved today.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't fill you with any sort of confidence at all. The thing that annoys me about it is, uh, and I probably said a bit of this last week as well, when you get Transistor, for example, having to put a page on their own website with all of the issues that Apple Podcasts currently has, and if you work for a podcast host and your support team know nothing about this because they haven't been briefed by Apple, I have no information about from Apple about what's going on, but they need to go back to paying clients and explain what the issues are. And the only thing that they can do is just go back and say, I don't know. So it's just really hard. And I think that Apple have dealt with it incredibly badly. They've done the, the subscriptions incredibly well. They've dealt with this stuff incredibly badly. There is one interesting change, though, which is both a change which is which is good for privacy, but also may change the way that things work. If you have the Apple Podcasts app on your phone, the old version of the Apple Podcasts app, the version that didn't come out this week with iOS 14.5, the old version of the Apple Podcasts app used to itself check all of the RSS feeds that you were subscribed to. So you didn't have to worry if Apple iTunes had fallen over. You didn't have to worry because your subscribers were directly connected to you. And so if you released a brand new episode, the subscribers would see it because their phones were connecting directly to your RSS feed. That was the case. That's not the case anymore. I I have spent the afternoon putting my iPod Touch through a proxy so I can monitor where the traffic is going from it. And all of the traffic, whenever you refresh your list of feeds, all of that traffic is going through an API on the Apple Podcasts website. So that's a big change because that actually means that if the Apple Podcasts crawler falls over, which it's done with fair monotony over the last couple of years, when it does fall over, then if you don't see a new episode appear on the Apple Podcast website, that also means that your listeners won't get that new episode either. And that's not been the case until now. So that's a big change that I've discovered that I need to write up properly for the newsletter because that's probably an important thing.
1: I'm trying to understand this because often when I've posted or published a podcast, mm. Spotify gets it instantly, or I yeah. say instantly, within a couple of minutes. Apple, I'm like refreshing, refreshing, nothing's happening. I'm going, this is publishing. And eventually, probably 30 minutes later or whatever, it drops. Now, neither of those are using WebSub, so it's nothing that they're both using that's different why does spotify get it faster and why does apple take forever well
0: because spotify i mean certainly you can go to a page on pod news to see how our rss feed is being looked at it's at podnews.net slash about slash rss dash stats and you can have a look at that and you can see every single call to our RSS feed. So 16,000 calls per day. And you can see when Spotify is checking it, when Overcast is checking it, blah, blah, blah. And certainly it used to be the case that you could see that the Apple Podcasts uh, storefront, which is what I've been calling that particular service, their crawler essentially, used to call significantly less than Spotify. So Spotify appears for me, and I publish a daily podcast, but Spotify appears to come knocking every five minutes to check whether I've published something new. In terms of the Apple Podcasts storefront, then it still pops along, but let's have a quick look here. It's only checking 20 times a day. It's checking 19 times a day, and it seems to be checking once every 90 minutes. So there's your answer. Spotify checks every five minutes or so. Amazon Music seems to check every minute. Wow. Gosh, there's a thing. Whereas Apple Podcasts storefront... (laughs) Well, they don't have to pay for
1: AWS, do they?
0: (laughs) No, exactly. Although I do. So maybe that's it. Whereas Apple Podcasts storefront, which is their crawler, is only coming along, as you can see, every 90 minutes or so. So that would explain... What's going on there? There's clearly an issue in terms of, or maybe not an issue, but it's clearly the way that Apple Podcasts actually works. There is also no feed refresh button anymore in the new Apple Podcasts Connect, so you can't even give it a bit of a kick once you've uploaded a new show, (laughs) which you used to be able to. You can't even do that either. I think there's going to be more pain to follow in terms of all of this.
1: While you're looking at your stats, can you tell me one thing? Yeah. What does Google do? Because Google uses WebSub, because Google instantly shows the episode. So how does Google show up in your stats, though?
0: So even though Google uses WebSub, so it does automatically come and grab my podcast as soon as it changes, I can tell you that yesterday, Google Podcasts and Search, which is the Google bot, came to read my RSS feed 367 times. So that is quite frequent. So just so that we're aware, Spotify is 398 times a day. So it's much the same sort of thing, probably every six minutes or so. So I think Google is just checking as, as often as it possibly can. And again, I'm a different podcast to many because it's a daily podcast and that does tend to mean that your RSS feed gets hit an awful lot more. So there's your answer.
1: Why don't they all just support WebSub? It would make life easier. It, it
0: would, but I can also see, I think Dave Jones has um, said that actually a WebSub isn't necessarily that perfect. And there are technical reasons why, which I don't fully understand, but he's looking at something called Hydra, which will do an even better job at, at, at all of this. Frankly, I don't fully understand it, but one day I will, and then I will be able to report on it.
1: Now, moving on, let's go back to Sirius XM. You mentioned earlier they bought 99% Invisible, a company owned by Roman Mars. What's that all about?
0: Yes, Roman. Hi, I'm Roman Mars. That's my Roman Mars impersonation. It's the only impersonation I can do, and I can only say that. So there we are.
1: And I can't tell you if it's accurate because I've never heard Roman Mars.
0: Oh my goodness. And you're doing a show about podcasting? So it's a great show. It's 99% invisible. But Roman Mars, he's got a long history with the PRX, the public radio exchange in the US. He actually started his podcast network called Radiotopia with some crowdfunding money and has done very well in terms of all of that, which has been nice. But what he basically said in a long interview with the New York Times is he has basically had enough of trying to run a business and go out and sell the advertising and everything else. And he just wants to make stuff. He just wants to be a creator. That's what he is. And so the whole dealing with advertising and dealing with running a business and employing people, I wouldn't necessarily say bored with it, but he's just not particularly interested in it anymore. And so I think good on him. So SiriusXM has bought that company. They currently own or currently make two podcasts, 99% Invisible, and What Trump Can Teach Us About Constitutional Law. My guess is that one's not long for this world. But anyway, those podcasts will remain free to everybody, according to the New York Times. They didn't give any terms, and I did go through the SiriusXM quarterly results today to see if there were any terms in there, but there aren't. But what Roman Mars? is going to be doing is he's going to be giving $1 million from the sale to support Radiotopia shows. So one would imagine that he got paid significantly more than $1 million. So there is a, there is also that too.
1: I know that I haven't heard the 99% Invisible podcast. I'm not on my own though. Nick Bilton this week said, what does 99% Invisible sale to Sirius XM mean? We're all saying that today, but the answer is absolutely nothing. Or as he put it uh, in a little bit less... Uh, flowery language less than an effing zero if you're an indie <laughs> podcaster that is 99% invisible is a relic of the podcasting world as it was when it started in 2010 so yes I haven't heard it clearly Nick Builder doesn't care about it is it just the market another merger and acquisition just but it doesn't affect most people
0: I I think calling it a relic of the podcasting world is Is what it basically is, it's a very heritage show which has clearly got a lot of public radio roots in the US and that's roots in terms of where it came from rather than roots here in Australia which is something quite different. I think, yeah, it is certainly an old world indie podcast that delves into interesting things like decorations of manhole covers in Japan, for example. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great listen. It's a really nicely done show. It is a little bit cliched. It is a little bit NPR, but nevertheless, it's a nice show. I think it's just interesting. And I think it's a sign of the times that Roman Myers has basically gone, you know, I can't be done with all of this business stuff and trying to keep up with the complication of the podcasting landscape, which is so much more complicated than it was when he started his show in, in 2010. He just, want to, he, he just wants to make stuff. And I think, I think wanting to go back and just make life simpler for yourself and wanting to create again is a great thing.
1: Especially when you've got loads of money in your bank account. Indeed. Much easier to do that. Now, Acast, another host, is coming up with a quite dramatic claim. It's claiming the future of podcasting is dynamic RSS. Now, we've just talked about RSS. we talked about Spotify using OAuth. We've talked about the fact that there's WebSub and, and even Hydra popped its little head up. But
0: what, I think Matt I think MacDonald. Hydra has quite a lot of heads. I think that's the point exactly. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> According to a post by Matt McDonald, DRSS is the company's brand for custom feeds, which the company says allows personalization for audiences
0: dynamic RSS. Mm. Mm.
1: What is dynamic RSS, James? Come on, enlighten me.
0: Matt McDonald comes from Radio Public. He's got a good grasp of the technical side. And that's why he's now, I think he's VP of product or something equally exciting for Acast. And presumably he's the reason why Acast bought Radio Public. Uh, And it was a strange old blog post, which was basically saying RSS is really good. But we think here at Acast we can do something cleverer and starts talking about dynamic RSS, which is a different RSS feed to every listener, which is fine. But podcast apps don't work that way anymore. Podcast apps now have a central place that looks at your RSS feed and that's all that you really need to worry about. I look at that and I think, I don't really understand what they're talking about. They are talking about private feeds as well in there, which comes back to subscriptions, and I suppose that's fine and fair enough. Podnews itself serves dynamic RSS feeds, so I do serve a, a different RSS feed depending on which Uh, company is connecting to me, because that's nice because I can then do some interesting things with the audio format and with uh, file um, sizes and all kinds of interesting things that I'm doing under the hood. But I wonder whether this is essentially it's a blog post to hit a KPI of make ACAST sound interesting and clever. But uh, I think it's just putting a badge on something that everybody's already doing, isn't it? I
1: don't know. It may well be. When I was reading that, I was going, is this what Brian Barletta does? Is it dynamic content insertion? Is that what personalization and dynamic RSS stands for?
0: It isn't it could be used for that, but then dynamic content insertion is a much better way of using that. So actually changing the audio file that you are downloading, which is pretty well guaranteed with the exception of Spotify, it's pretty well guaranteed to be served directly to that one person every single time. But, But it's more likely to be used for subscriptions. It's more likely to be used for giving somebody specific episodes or a specific compilation RSS feed. But I'm still struggling really to understand what the blog post was all about other than, and it succeeded, to get people to talk about Acast and say, oh, aren't they doing some clever things over at Acast? And I made a career of doing that at Virgin Radio. So I don't have a problem with people saying that. So I think what we should do, and the reason why we haven't had any interviews on this podcast over the last couple of weeks is that we've all been incredibly busy. But I think what we should do is see if we can have a chat with Matt, because that'd be good, because there might be something there. And we should also have a chat with a friend of mine who is a economist in the music world and has thoughts on podcasting as well and i think it would be good to have a chat with uh, him and he's got a book out too and i'm not going to mention his name because he might turn around and say no (laughs) but we should see if we can get them on for next week
1: i think people are bored of just me and you anyway it would be nice to have another voice now Last story of today, Canva and Buzzsprout, who sponsor this show. Buzzsprout now integrates with Canva to make it easier to find your artwork. You can find it in your podcast settings within Buzzsprout. And I've tried that. Have you had a look at it yourself? I just tried it yesterday.
0: I haven't had a look at it. But what I do know is that getting decent podcast artwork is something that quite a lot of podcasters struggle with, particularly when they're starting up, which is why you'll see a bunch of obviously produced by the anchor system podcast artworks from anchor users. And what I think Buzzsprout has done, and I think quite rightly, is that they have linked with something that makes good looking podcast artwork, because that was a pain point that their customers had actually found. You say you've given it a go. Is it any good?
1: Look, let me put my cards on the table here. One, I think having an integration with Canva is great. Headliner, another app I used uses that as well i, I feel that i feel a
0: however coming on
1: yes the problem is that i use canva to create artwork and it's a brilliant product i, I forget photoshop god i spent years trying to learn that and wasted years of my life canva is amazing and actually its valuation shows that a lot of people like it but the problem both headliner and Sprout have done is that when you get to that point where you say oh i just want to inject my existing artwork you can't It only takes you to, would you like to create a new piece of art? And it's, no, I've got my artwork in there. Just let me link to that, please. And I'm guessing there's an API that they're both using, Headliner and Buzzsprout. And all that Canva is allowing them to do is create new stuff, but not allowing them to link to your existing account where all of your existing artwork is there. Unfortunately, as much as I love the fact that they've made that step forward, It's two steps forward and one step back for me.
0: I think that Canva's brilliant. It was founded by Melanie and Cliff. And Melanie was at the University of Western Australia, so presumably in Perth somewhere. And uh, Canva is now based in uh, Sydney. So therefore, I must say good positive things about it because uh, I'm nearly an Australian. And therefore, (laughs) it's always nice to see Australian companies doing really well. But I think it's exactly the right thing to do to lower friction. But whether or not it could be a slightly better integration, who knows?
1: Now, I mentioned Headliner, which is my other favorite podcasting Mm. app that I use. And it's great for taking cover art from Canva, slamming it with your MP3, creating an MP4, and then creating that audiogram or creating a full episode and putting that out into social media. And a lot of people do that. Headliner this week announced that they've gone one step further. They've now added support for sound bites which is a podcast 2.0 tag which is already supported by BuzzSprout and to take it even further you can now take your BuzzSprout soundbite and in the RSS feed put it through headliner and it will automatically take that soundbite and create an audiogram. So again removing that friction through multiple steps of trying to get your Distribution of your podcast and your promotion of your podcast done with headliner.
0: That's very nice. So it makes it easier to share a clip of a podcast, which sounds a good plan. I also like the phrase uh, soundbite. It sounds very reminiscent to something that Facebook has uh, said that they're going to launch as well, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes. Strangely, as they say, Mr. Zuckerberg, sorry, soundbites already taken. Do these billionaires not read the internet? We had, uh, what was his face? I'm trying to create that clubhouse clone. Mark. Yes, Cuban. Yes. Yes, him. He was nicking people's branding as well. Y-
0: yes, I believe that he has successfully trademarked the Side. Fireside- Brand and, and I also very much like him and all of his team of lawyers. But yes, I enjoy every so often saying Mark Cuban's fireside, not Dan Benjamin's fireside. But yes, it's an interesting trademark kerfuffle, is that one? But I believe that they both do have trademarks, which is weird because I didn't think that trademarks worked that way. Anyway, yes. no, there. they
1: can because you can have a trademark
0: for a different use. But it's mold. the same, it's the same, it's the same, what's the phrase? Category. It's the same category, okay. which is the the really weird thing. So you would have thought that they wouldn't be able to both get, I think it's category 31, which is for that sort of thing. It's 41. Category 41 and 42. Mark Cuban's fireside has a registered trademark. Ah, Dan Benjamin's fireside has a service mark in classes 41 and 42 so there's an sm and there's an r in a circle and mark cuban's Ooh. fireside r in a circle and dan benjamin's fireside sm both have the same <laughs> i'm glad That's... you cleared that
1: up because Clearly... i'm no wiser after that
0: <laughs> i'm only saying this because th- this week pod news is now a registered trademark in canada as well as in the us which i'm um, quite excited by and more on the way
1: I did a trademark this week as well. River Radio now is a registered trademark, yes. Well, that's exciting. Is it a registered trademark pending? It's going through, and... Unfortunately, one other River Radio in the UK may not be very happy with me soon, but that's
0: Ah, that's in or there. Yes. Let's just make sure you don't put it into a podcast that hundreds of people might listen to. Let's leave that out.
1: (laughs) One one of the things that I would love if our friends at Buzzsprout are listening is, could you please extend the soundbite in Buzzsprout to two minutes and not the one minute maximum limit,
0: please? Ah, now I wonder whether that's a Buzzsprout thing or whether that is the soundbite thing in… Mr. Jones? Yes, I wonder it. I wonder whether it's a podcast index, whether it's the spec or not. Mm. It would be interesting to find out what that is i i can't (laughs) tell you for a minute
1: (laughs) let me tell you why i wanted to extend so yes go twitter allows a two minute 20 second soundbite linkedin allows a 10 minute soundbite and facebook allows a unlimited soundbite so if you could put your full episode up there when i was doing more of my podcasts on Talks technology i realized that if i just do a two minute soundbite for the audio clip i could then put that across all three social media platforms and two minutes is significantly just enough to give you a taster of the podcast or the interviewee one minute is really clipping it and given that twitter is the limiting factor two minutes 20 seconds two minutes would be great if it's dave jones please dave increase it and if it's bus brown alban please increase it too
0: you see, there you go. This is clearly how we do things. <laughs> Feature request live. <laughs> Feature request live right at the end of a long podcast. What else has been going on for you in Podland this week? I'm still getting Mr.
1: and uh, Mrs. Wushka working. I love the product. It's got a few things I need it to fix, or maybe I just need to read the manual, but it's getting there. So live broadcasting is working to a, a playlist and it's podcasting it out directly, but there are a couple of minor bugs in it. But it's A brilliant product.
0: Uh, Another Australian classic, along with the Wi-Fi as well, which is an Australian invention. There you go. You've you've learned something, finally. Now, what have Uh, you been up to, James? (laughs) Come on, less about me, more about you. So I'm currently planning the Podcast Day 24 podcast conference, The Australian Leg. This is a brilliant thing. It's coming up very soon on the 7th of June. You can buy tickets now at podcastday24.com. And it's a 24-hour podcast conference. Don't worry, everything is available on demand after the event. It's going on in Australia, in the UK, and in North America. And uh, I'm putting the finishing touches, he says, desperately trying to fill up some holes in the Australian uh, side. So uh, more information about that coming very shortly.
1: Now, is there a code I can use, James, that will help me? Oh, I'm, uh, oh,
0: get- I'm glad you asked. Yes, there is a code. Day 21 is apparently, isn't <laughs> nice and easy short P news day 21 that's a nice easy short coupon and that will save you some money I'm not quite sure how much but it will save you some money so that's good and podcastday24.com is where you want to be and that's it for this week if you've enjoyed your trip to podland come back again next time you can follow this podcast in your app or visit the website at podland.news thanks
1: for listening if you have any comments about anything on the show today oh boy was there a Pack show. Send a voice comment to questions at podland.news
0: or tweet us at podlandnews. And we're looking forward to getting back into the swing of doing interviews and stuff from next week as well. If you want daily news, you should get the Daily Pod News newsletter. It's free at podnews.net. That's where you'll find an awful lot of text over the last week. Uh, The music's from Ignite Jingles. We recorded with Clean Feed this week, edited with Hindenburg Pro and we're hosted and sponsored by Buzzsprout.
1: And we'll see you in Podland next week. Please tell your friends about us.
0: And in the words of Apple, please keep following. <laughs> and in the words of Apple, it's broken. I'm really sorry.